and welcome to Reliving My Youth. My name is Noel Fogelman. This week, all about Tears for Fears, my all-time favorite band. And no, unfortunately, we're not talking with either Kurt or Roland. I've tried, <laughs> but we're going to celebrate the 35th anniversary of their legendary album, Songs from the Big Chair. We're going to touch upon their studio albums as well with my guest this week, Hope Silverman, who runs the Picking Up Rocks music blog, very talented writer and also a hardcore Tears for Fears fan. We're going to go a little bit deeper into their catalog as well, and we're also going to touch upon the hits, and Hope talks about which album she thinks is Kurt and Roland's best album. I hope you enjoy this journey through Tears of Fears' career. Okay, so as many of you know, Tears of Fears is my all-time favorite band. Uh, they can do no wrong. Uh, this year, they're celebrating the 30th anniversary of what people think is their best album, Songs of the Big Chair. Um, I wanted to dig a little bit deeper into, you know, their discography and just talk about the history of Tears of Fears a little bit. And who better to do it than my good friend, Hope Silverman, who writes an amazing blog called Picking Up Rocks. You might remember Hope from the show we did about Ephraim Lewis that got a lot of... Um, play uh yeah attention that's the word i was looking for but hope uh joins me now and how's it going hey great to be here talk about one of my favorite things yeah and you wrote a great uh great piece about uh the seeds of love right right thinking about um that great album and how that could be their best album in my personal opinion it is and i say this is like you like a hardcore tears fan um i think that everyone kind of defaults to songs from big chair but in, if I consider how much I've listened to yeah. uh, a certain album over the past few years, right. uh, Seeds wins by like miles, miles. Right. I, I, do, I don't want to say that there's filler on songs from the picture, right. but I hate Shout. Okay. We'll, 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 well yeah, we'll get into that. Right. Sorry. Oh, no, no, no yeah. problem. I mean, I, it's like, I, I like Shout, but it's, yeah. I, if I'm going to go, that's, I can do without it, so to speak, you know? Yeah. yeah things things I can do without. But, I mean, obviously, that's probably their signature song if not everyone wants through the world that's right. probably neck and neck right. but it's, it's their man eater yeah know, every, pretty much every band's got one of those yeah. where you know if you're no matter how much you love a band like there's right. a song that kind of yeah uh, it can always push you over the edge right the wrong side, yeah uh, agreed uh, agreed yeah but um tears for fears they have six studio albums i'm not counting their b-sides album or you know their tears roll down uh, greatest hits or the other one they just released but um the six studio albums they have four with kirk kurt and roland and the other two are technically roland solo projects which we'll get into because i have feelings about those albums (laughs) Uh, okay so the first one was a hurting and they bursted onto the scene like 83 um coming from the band graduate Yes. Yeah, they, they, which had, they had a decent hit. I think they're they're like, like a mod band. Yeah. I have the CD at home. I right, I, I do too. Getting yeah. it as a curiosity. Yeah, me too. Than a, than a, yeah, like, exactly. Like, how to get it. I'm like, I was curious. Right, yeah. Right. But um, I basically discovered them from Songs of the Big Chair, you know, because that was huge and blew up. So I really listened to The Hurting after listening oh, wow. to Songs of the Big Chair. I was 10 when right, right. Big Chair came out. So. It took me a while to get used to the hurting because it's very different right. from you know from Big Chair, um, you know the teenage angst and everything like that. You know it's very 
look at the cover of the you know, little boy crying, you know, on the corner. It's very iconic, you know, on an album cover. But it took me a while to get kind of get used to those songs and kind of appreciate them. Did you, were you interested in, in synth pop? You know, I, I, at no, that point, I, I like was. listening to Human League or... At that know, point, you know, it was like, like Human League, you know, I was starting to get into Howard Jones a, a little right, at that right, point, okay. you know, so synth pop, uh, you know, Duran Duran. But, you know, because obviously now you touch your finger, you can get all the music you want. Right, right. In 85, I didn't have MTV yet. So I had to rely on, like, say, Friday night videos, to, you know, or yeah. whatnot. I couldn't just go on YouTube to listen to it. So I had to get, I got the, the cassette and the long <laughs> security right. thing, you know, I believe from Sears, maybe. Oh, when wow. Sears still had, you know, <laughs> so it was like, music. That was when they used to price things by letter, and you'd have to look at that sign on the wall. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And it's like, oh, like, I don't care. Grandma buys for me. You know, because I, I had no idea. But um, I, I play that cassette like crazy, a big chair. But uh, getting back to the hurting after listening to it for a while, I did appreciate it. It just took me a while to right. to but kind of But you didn't like it as much. As not at first, show. not at first, because it's it's different. Yeah, yeah. It's you know it's they they try to bridge the gap a little bit because Mother's Talk was like the first song that right. they released even before the album came out, Big Chair, right, right. which kind of like was a bridge between the two albums because it, it that right. had more of a hurting feeling than a song's the Big Chair oh, feeling. Oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Which people um, don't realize that that was like the first single off right, of uh, right. songs. When did um there was a weird one in there where you are? Where you are, yeah. Right. Um, which sounded like I like a B side. Yeah, it's just the most peculiar thing. Um, so my my experience was slightly different right. only because I'm a little older, but um, since I grew up on Long Island, right. um, my my religion is WLIR, mm. right. the radio station, yeah. and <clears throat> they were all over everything from the British charts from one right. ago. So they were playing songs off the hurting like straight away. And this was right. before I knew what Tears of Fears looked like right. is the deal. So they would play just uh, the Mad World Change hmm. and Pell Shelter like endlessly. Okay. Right. To the point where it was they were they adopted um, the opening uh, sounds of change, you know, before right. one of their shows. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm.
And so that that was what kind of sucked me yeah. in. And then when I started going to school in the city and had access to like British magazines, right? And then it was like, uh, oh yeah, I, I would have qualified myself as a <laughs> as a fan. Yeah. But I like them as much as anybody else, though. I right. mean, I liked your spheres, but I loved Culture Club too. Right. So it was all part of this. Yeah. Uh, obviously, this it's weird to see how things kind of changed along the way, but right. it was all part of this this bigger um, uh, pop music universe or. Um, I don't know this this British mm-hmm. thing. They were all just kind of part of that one big thing. Yeah, and because it's yeah. weird, because I mean, you look at the two, you know, two guys. They're more of kind of like on the nerdy side. You, okay. you wouldn't think of them. Oh, like Duran Duran. Like, oh my god, these guys yeah. are just you know sex symbols or whatever. You know, girl posters right. on the wall. You, guys are probably more posters of the wall in future fears, just because they can relate <laughs> to them more so than you know, say like Simon Levan or whatever. Right, right. Yeah, but just a couple of songs. If you could, we're gonna do. Um, we're gonna do like our favorites. Let's do highlighting a couple songs from each album. Just right, right. Yeah. So I'll start. My first one is "Memories Fade." Oh wow! I absolutely love that. spite of what Kanye, Kanye did, in spite did, of what did, he did. Did that bother you? Did everybody was like Kanye interpolated that yeah. song and um oh god what was the name of it? I've, um yeah. Oh Coldest Winter. Right. Like it's on uh eight oh eight and Heartbreaks, yeah. which I'm I'm not a Kanye fan, but right. I do think that's his best song. Okay. <laughs> um but yeah he takes yeah. a whole he line does. from it. Yeah. yeah. And like I have no ownership to these songs, but like when you hear an artist cover like one of your favorite artists and then one of your favorite songs, it's like, how dare they? Right, and right. You, you kind of feel, you know, personal, like a personal attack. <laughs> Someone going through your drawers or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And then I'll, I'll have, you know, different, you know, 
feeling with my second song off that album. But it's just like it's just a very underrated song that really doesn't get too much play from that album. Yeah, it was a deep yeah. cut. It's still a yeah, deep it's cut. Even deep though cut. he covered it on this popular yeah. record, I still right. think of it as as a you know yeah off the right and you know and, and they play it occasionally when, when they're yeah. on tour which which is good it's like one of those like it's, you know that whole album is song. utterly humorless i mean it's it very, is right it's very even yeah. the picture of them they're looking at a lake yeah on it's the cover in, in their overcoats i mean it's not right. very good right and, you know people think it's like they're like maybe 1920 at that right. time it's like why are they so angry you know right. just like what are you angry about but they both had difficult childhoods Right. You know, we all know where the name of the band came from or in general. It was but kind of, I guess you could call it like proto-emo, even though it was yeah, a synthesizer. It really right. was coming from that same place. Uh, there wasn't, and there wasn't that humor element to it. And you throw it up against yeah. a lot of the other stuff at the time, which was much more colorful, like Duran, which right. was a total Duran. Yeah. Um, and like I said, things like Culture Club and Spandau Ballet, it wasn't right. as glamorous. No, it right? really wasn't. But you would find, at least for me, Tears to Fears, yeah. that was like headphone music. Yeah. Those were, you know, pre-Smiths for me, right. what I would cry to. Yeah. It's like, oh, pale shelter. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I imagine like people would just, like you said, headphones, not be embarrassed listening to it, but it'd be <laughs> off in the corner listening to it, not like, you know, blasting it on their like boombox right. or something, you know, right. and they had like those, you know enlarged sweaters that look very drab and stuff like oh, that yeah, yeah. it's just yeah but like with that album it's they you know kurt was mainly the lead singer right you know face, yeah literally. which which is it's, it's it's wild you know he was, uh, rolling wrote the song you know kurt you know song but memories fade that was uh a rolling song but it was just like yeah i think they different. were they were probably and the funny thing is or i don't know if it's funny but years later you know the um <clears throat> so after the first three records, and then they put mm. out a greatest hits, and things are going wrong. They're not right. getting along, and Roland put a, a new song on the greatest mm. hits called, you know, Late Solo, yeah. Tear Roll Down, which is essentially about, mm. you know, I was humbled for you, or right. who I've been, which kind of brings to the service the fact that he felt like he had deliberately pulled himself into the background to yeah. push Kurt to the plant. Right. And you could feel like that song yeah. sort of describes this resentment right. towards that because yeah, I thought yeah. in the beginning that Kurt was singing all the songs. Right. Like I didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's you know it's, it's pretty wild. But uh, going to your song, I'll kind of like this rotate. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, it's the one I mentioned before. I love right. Hell Shelter. Like Great that to song. me, it, yeah. it still hasn't gotten old. I love um, the whole arrangement. It's very dark, and it's and it's. I think it's one of the more melodic songs on that first record. Right. I don't know. It's just something about it.
Um, there's a big really big 12 inch net sitting and I think it's a Kurt Brooklyn. Yeah. Um, but as far as like the older tracks, I, I definitely <clears throat> gravitate yeah. towards that. Um, right. And I do like, I mean, I mean, Mad World, great song. Right. Kind of tired of it now. Didn't like the remake they gave Jules. Okay. I, I'm sorry to say, but right? I just didn't. Yeah. And then once again, it was that that kind of faux ownership you feel over something. Right. It's like, oh, what, yeah. what is this guy doing? Um, but I think that the hurting sounds like a first record. Right. You know, you could tell they were just getting their feet wet. Yeah. You know, it's just some clumsy right. lyrical passages, yeah. and I love, you know, even that song "Watch Me Bleed," which right. I really liked. You know. You know, for one so young, I feel so old. You yeah. know, the classic line in, right. uh, in a song. By <laughs> yeah. Um, but it was still a step beyond a lot of what you heard at that time. Once mm. again, those Duran records, I, as much as I love them, they had yeah. filler. Yeah. You know, or Thompson Twins. You know, it was like right. there were some good singles, and then there was the it's rest like was a lot just kind of filler. filler. Right. Yeah. Um, but with Tears, you know, I think everything, there was a, a depth yeah. to it still. Yeah. Even the tracks that were lesser. Right, because yeah. they they just wrote for the album. It wasn't like right. they were writing twenty songs. Well, pick ten. They wrote right. solely for an album, so it's not oh, like yeah. there's anything left off. Right. You know, so that because their um, writing style was very meticulous and oh yeah, for sure yeah. And that, those songs too, I think they work as a as a triumvirate that you know change Mad World and Hell yeah. Shelter. They all right. they don't they sound kind of similar right. like if to the untrained ear yeah. you can tell it's the same band right but i think they're all very distinctive and they're just they're just really solid for a, a band you know yeah. they were like late in their late teens yeah. i mean those are pretty right. sophisticated melodic arrangements yeah for young guys. right because i mean i appreciate so. mad world a little more than you <laughs> yeah you know did you like the cover i actually really yeah. did. and it's that's funny because like you know i said about like you know ownership of you know the song when I first heard it, it's it kind of like it took me a couple of seconds to figure out what song it was because obviously it's light years different right. than you know their version. I'm like, wow, this is really good. To the point when they reunited in 2004 and they were touring, they actually played a cover of their art of cover. So yeah, which was kind of ironic. Yeah, it was more of an in between their version and Gary Jewell's version. Right. But you mentioned like how Pale Shelter and you know. The hurting and you know change and this song they all kind of say, you know it's like a trilogy of like pain pretty much right, you know because right. oh and yeah that, and that's how they marketed it too like, right even though you would if you read smash hits interviews from back mm-hmm. in back then there would be um moments of humor but right. they really were marketing them as like oh we we mm-hmm. met because we were both uh, fascinated with primal scream yeah Jenna, primal scream mm-hmm. therapy and and getting inside your own mind, yeah. release, and all this, right. and all these songs reflect that. You know, it was very, yeah. there was they were kind of putting themselves out there as that particular, you know, as this very dark thing. Yeah, I was looking at it too. You know what? Um, things like Joy Division. I love right. the idea of Joy Division. Yeah. Um, I was as fascinated as anybody with the story. Right. Ian Curtis yeah. and read all the books, but I never really liked the music. Yeah. It just wasn't pop enough. It wasn't right. long yeah. enough. Lyrically interesting, whatever. Tears of Fear sort of made that emotional thing more palatable yeah. to people who like yeah. pop music it's true because it's very dark yeah but, you know maybe not as um intellectually uh stimulating to right. some but as mm-hmm. a for a young person or a young teen or whatever it's it was very powerful to me. Yeah. um so yeah yeah so then they uh two years later they come out with i guess you can say you know their opus so to speak um you know people Ranked this is probably one of the greatest albums of the '80s. Right. I have it up there. Um, 
And that's when they get you know Ian Stanley involved because he had a uh, you know he had the equipment because he came from you know a well-off family, so they did a lot of recordings there. He helped out. Chris Hughes got involved, produced very you know heavily. I'm trying to get him on the show. Uh-huh. So hopefully next Chris month, Hughes. fingers crossed, that that'd be fantastic. But uh, that album's you know. I believed, no, no pun intended, but that, that there's less filler than you think on there. You know what? I, I'll tell you, it's yeah. not, I don't even, I would say like the, out of all the Tears for Fears records, you know, as far as filler goes, it comes much later right. on the, the yeah. Roland Helmed records that are just, right. but um, I think with, my issues with songs from the big chair are more issues of over familiarity okay. at this point right. which i think is probably true for yeah. a lot of people like i right. i loved it very much when it came out right. but like i said i never liked shout i think Shout was the, the first single i remember buying it mm. being super disappointed right. so when i got the album yeah. it's just like i literally it's the first track on the record i would skip it right and so 14 hour always became the first, first track to right me. in fact i when we were talking about doing this yeah. i had to think about it i was like Know the first track of the album? Right. Well, in my world, it is, yeah, because right. I would just yeah. jump over it, right? Um, but there was no way to you, I didn't know that they were gonna blow up, right? Yeah, that the way they did, me. yeah, that was what was so crazy, yeah. Um, that seemed to come out of like, what? right, out of nowhere, yeah. And at that time, too, this is the thing a lot of those, those British fans, you know, they would have that initial sniff of success, yeah, so you get like ABC and mm-hmm. Duran and um. Thompson Twins, and mm. then their second or third record would right. be full of guitars. Yeah. Like they would completely do Gee, a left yeah. turn. Right. With, with Tears for Fears, it didn't sound like an unnatural turn, though. Right, it did. You know what it, I mean? it was, it was natural Like you're saying, like, even yeah. when you went back to, and you heard the synth record right. for the guitar record, they don't seem unrelated. I mean, there's right. definitely a, um, uh, a line that, that goes yeah. through. Whereas with these other records, I use ABC as an example okay. because their first record, Lexicon yeah. of Love, Strings, Trevor Horn right. produced it very orchestral and over the top their second record yeah. was a rock record right. and it was a mess you know yeah. there it, it's called beauty stab there's good tracks on it but it's like whoa what right. happened yeah you know so but tears of fears you could you could see the growth they yeah. weren't being manipulated by no. some outside sources right. all coming yeah from like they were musicians yeah. you know it's kurt is a very underrated bass player yeah, oh, if, yeah. yeah and people I don't realize totally that you know roland's guitarist yeah. but it's like they weren't just like forced here are instruments start right. playing because we're going to make a new album it just like you said they picked it up and it just came naturally right and i yeah. think too a lot of those bands were very didn't like being called wimpy or wussy yeah not a lot of that was getting thrown around right like oh you know it was, it was implied like a oh, weakness haircuts right. so they all yeah. felt this need to kind of spread around with these guitars grow longer yeah. mullets or right. whatever they were doing to yeah. make things more welcome right <laughs> it's, it's true <laughs> Yeah, and you mentioned like the working hour. That's like one of my favorite songs oh. off that album. But I, it's like, I think it's in a good spot on the album and a bad spot because people would like, like you pass over shout. I think people would pass over working hour to get to uh, everyone's through the world. Right. You know where I like, you know, or some people don't do it fast enough, and then you hear the beginning of working hour. It's like, whoa. That's right. And then you hear like two minutes of just the instrumental before. A rolling start to see thing, and it's like, wow, this is fantastic.
That's a good point. You know, yeah. I never, you know, now that I think about it, I think, yeah, it, that a track like that could right. get lost in there, and it yeah. is one of, to me, it's one of the stronger tracks right. on the record. Um, which, which, by the way, for, yeah. like I don't, I think it's a, an amazing record, but like I say, parts of it yeah. are just right. Yeah, no, absolutely. Because you know, it's yeah, and I, I, I understand, you know, but um, yeah. So, what's one of your Although, favorites? Like on there? my. <clears throat> Well, one of ours is going to match, but my, my sleeper hit off that okay. record, apart from working hours, yeah. listen. Okay. Yeah. Um, I love. I just. I think it's almost. It's kind of an ambient song, I guess, yeah. to some degree. That was an Ian Stanley song. Um, it's really beautiful, but I, I. I think the mood. I think it sounds really timeless, but it's yeah. also you know, something. It almost sounds like a like a beat side or a remix. It right, doesn't yeah. even sound like a proper song. Right. It, it, I'm surprised it hasn't been like sampled all over right. the place. And but also very yeah. sophisticated. It is right. Young guys doing it. Yeah. So that one, that one's a big one for me. Yeah. I don't think we have one in common with okay. the closest head over. Oh yeah. Which without I think question. is probably the greatest Tears for Fears. Song, oh right? yeah, well, without question, yeah. it's my favorite song of all time. Not just it's Tears for Fears. Really? It's, I just love that song. It's just like oh. it's just so different from what they did in the past up to that point. Yeah. You know, it's like it's a love song. Yeah. You know, and it's like they don't write love songs. You know, how dare they write love songs?
and you know me being a 10 year old boy at that point you know it's like having crushes on girls you oh, can yeah. relate to that song totally did you like the video when you first the video saw was the great video? I, it, it's because also being serious but everything else so this is it's a fun video it has like right. you know the chimpanzee and you know i think any video that takes place in a library right. is automatically yeah it was, it was it was a lot of fun you know in silly playing the, you know the keyboard with one finger and it's just it's it's a fantastic video and it's just like it's it's I I still it's the greatest the song, like you mentioned. The song, song has a it's just got a perfect hook. It's yeah. got a surprising hook. Right. And I do remember literally hearing yeah. when I put that record on for the first time. Of course, like everybody else, everybody yeah. wants to rule the world. Right. Like, oh my God. Yeah. Right. But head over heels. It the hook in it came out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, I would call it like a whiplash induced. Right. <laughs> yeah. Hook in the song, but it's just such a great. Everything you know, the whole kind of unrequited love in the first verse, and the second yeah. gets the second verse is a little cryptic. Yeah. Um, but it's it, there was a uh, there's an artist called Japanese House. Right. Yeah. yeah I've heard she did it, a yeah. really nice cover. It's really good. Year. Yeah. There have been some messy covers of this song. I, yeah. Right. Um, that one's so that good. That was surprisingly yeah. good um, yeah. when that came last year. But I, it's. It's still that song still holds up. It's one of those things whenever yeah. it comes on the radio, whatever. Yeah. Always will listen to it. Oh, course, yeah. History. Right. Um, and it's it's yeah. beautiful. Do you like it with uh, broken at either end the instrumental? Yeah, I like. I'm. I love at both ends. It has yeah. to be booked in with with both. And you know, unfortunately, yeah. And usually, like, I have Sirius XM. So if you hear it on like uh, First Wave, which is the their '80s alternative channel or New Wave channel, I should say. They always play with Broken. They but do if, play it. Yeah, at okay. the end. But if you hear it on another station, it's just clearly, right. you know, um, by itself. And it's like, no. It's, always, it's weird on the radio yeah. when you've gotten so used to hearing, especially if anybody who's grew up listening right. to LPs yeah. got so used to hearing it that way. Because right. me too, it always sounds yeah. like it happened. Right. You know, with yeah. the ends kind of come right. up on it. Right. Because, yeah, because I, I think I, I listened to Head Over Heels before I bought the album. So I didn't yeah. know about Broken beforehand. So you listen to it, and I'm like, whoa, what is this? It's like, why are we getting Head Over Heels into it? And then it leads right into it. But like Head Over Heels, I have a term. It's like stay in my car song. So if I'm like driving and I pull up <laughs> to where I'm going, I have to stay into the car and listen to the whole song. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I won't leave until the song is over, and then I'll go about my business. You yeah, because it's even though you heard it nine million times, or if I have my headphones, I listen to it on Spotify. I'm still listening to it on the radio because it's just it's one of those songs. Absolutely. Just, yeah. It's funny. If you look at Spotify, I always, you know, I'm always so intrigued by which songs have the most plays and like which are at the top yeah usually disappointed like i said i think shout is number yeah. one and i'm and like i i get it but right. I, I but i feel like oh, come on right. you know it's yeah. like let's show a little imagination right. and that's because it, it lends itself mm. so easily to the sing-along no of course situation yeah. it's just a really simple yeah. record um but it's a that song to me is sort of a mm. dirge right and i i just can't I don't know, and it's and it is one yeah. of those songs too. Like they're always going to perform it. Right. It's always going to kind of be held up as a Jewish Yeah. One moments. Right. They have to. Yeah. It's, it's like Billy Joel with like Piano Man. He, he has to play it. You right, know, right. 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 Whether he likes it or not, it's like, right. You have to play that. But um, yeah. But my least favorite song on that record is easily. Right. Shout, yeah. yeah. I mean, like I said, before, I, I can do without it. I mean, but it's like if I'm here in the concert, I mean, I'll <laughs> sing along to it, oh, or yeah. I won't turn off the radio. Yeah. But it's like okay, you know, it's it's a good song, but it's not, you know. It's, it's not one of their, one of their greatest, but mm. I had um, Ian, uh, Ian, Neil Taylor on, who was a session musician who played for Tears of Fears a little bit, and he did the second uh, guitar solo in, oh, wow. in um, Everyone's Through the World, so that was just yes. yeah, a great song. Also There's written nothing, by Chris I'll Hughes. Tell you, yeah. I love a good sing-along guitar solo. Yeah. 
Um, to me, the best parts of Everybody Wants to Rule the yeah. World, I've said this or that bit where Kurt sings, you know, never, 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 never. Yeah. And that guitar solo. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's great. Yeah, it's great. And you know, like how they kind of embraced covers, they've been coming out to Lord's version of, of that. And not just a little bit, they play the whole song before they, they walk out. But it's, and that's, that's a really good version too. Yeah, I think yeah. that was pretty good. Yeah, Alan Pugh from um, Class Tiger did a version of it. He had oh. a covers album recently. And, Is it okay? No, it's not really yeah. good. Those but, songs, if you're going to do them, deconstruct them. I yeah. mean, like, I, I don't really like faithful versions. Right, of yeah, songs. I agree. Change I think, up. like, with Head Over Heels, like, yeah. Japanese house. I was like, yeah. what she did, she slowed it down.
hearing a, a, a woman singing as yeah, opposed to a guy. I agree. Um, it's I, I like that. I like the right. adventure that's attached to that yeah. instead of people just being really straightforward. Right. Yeah. Duncan um, Sheik had a cover on his album cover. That's cover right. And oh he, he, he covered Shout, which he did a really fantastic version of it. And he covered like a lot of other. He did like blasphemous rumors, right? Yeah, yeah he, he did that. I, I yeah, that. you know um, what is love? Right. Yeah, right. He, he, others. And it's really yeah. good. But um, if everyone listens to check it out. I had Duncan on too, but um, but yeah, no. So that album blew up. You know, number one had a couple number one hits, and they toured for like a good eighteen months, almost two years. So kind of where in the eighties you have a hit album. You're back in the studio. You got to release right. something within a year to capitalize. It's, it's funny. This is why, yeah. to me, Tears for Fears were always like outliers because yeah. they were they were not part of any scene. They really weren't. So you had, you know, like once again things like Duran and um, Spandau Ballet and a lot yeah. of these these artists that took place in uh, or took part in Band Aid right. and Live Aid and yeah. stuff. And Tears for Fears, the, the story went allegedly huh. they were asked and didn't didn't want okay. couldn't do it. Yeah. We don't. I right. Don't know. Yeah. But they were always kind of on the periphery yeah. of pop, even though they were a huge band. Right. They didn't seem to be connected to anybody else. No. So that that's, I think, also... Yeah. And it's kind of like what ended up happening with the Talk Pop, too. Like, you know, just right. coming down this other avenue, yeah. like completely going, walking in the opposite yeah. direction from where everybody else was going. Right. Um, but I don't think it was it was attitude. It's just evolution. Yeah. I, mean, I think they just had other things right. in mind and they took what they were doing very seriously. Yeah. yeah. It was a funny story. I had uh, Nick Richards on from Boys on Cry and he owned the Maison Rouge uh, studio for a little bit in oh, London. Wow. Okay. Yeah, and big people recorded there. Duran Duran and um, Paul McCartney. Well, Tears for Fears recorded a little bit there as well. They were playing foosball and they get, get a call from their uh, manager and I think Kirk picked up and said that they uh, just went to number one in the States. Picked up, you know, okay, that's great. And then just continued playing foosball. And it's like, all right, it didn't phase them at all. Just, you know, not like running around screaming. But okay. And they went back to playing. So it's, that's just, that's them. And once again, yeah. like when they talk, when a lot of artists talk about that time, you know, and I've read so many interviews about this, once again, you know, like, Everyone from Culture Club to to Madness or whatever. It's like it was, getting to number one was very competitive. They yeah. would keep track of whose single would come right. out, was coming out that week, and yeah. like it was a big thing. But Tears were yeah. once again like always yeah. sort of outliers, and right. maybe part of it was because they were just less glamorous, I guess. Yeah. Even though Kurt was a bit of a face for sure. Right. Um, they what they were doing was felt a little more serious. Right. I guess. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah. But uh, four years passed <laughs> before the, the next album, and um, it was a little different than songs, which you know I'm sure plenty of people wanted you know songs too, you right, know. Right. But uh, they came out with uh, Seeds of Love, and they had a re- remarkable discovery in Olita Adams. Oh man! Yeah, yeah. I, I I've had to say like you know, and <clears throat> I. No, and I've talked about this. I wrote about this record because I think it's Seas of Love to me is the greatest Tears for Fears album. But you could not get any mm. luckier than just right. happening into a hotel bar. Right. And Olita yeah. Adams happens right. yeah. to person performing. Right. Because she and Roland, you know, as people here on this yeah. record, there's there's a real symbiotic relationship. It really is, there. yeah. Their voices are so kind of close in timber, you know, yeah. different, but there's something yeah. really. Uh, powerful about the way they intertwine and yeah. connect. It's just beautiful. Right. Because yeah. I think 
they discovered her. It was like maybe 85 or 86 when they were on right, tour. Right. And they, you know, went back to her like two years later when they started putting the album together. So that's like, you know, props to like Roland and Kurt for actually doing that and realizing that oh, yeah. we're going to put a black woman on and like American. sing, you know, lead on a couple of these songs where yeah. it's nothing like what we're doing now, yeah. which, which is, you know, it, it's a big risk. It was, that's yeah. what's, you know, and once again, not to um, dwell too much on, on talk talk, but right. this is this is the thing that I find so right. mystifying about the, the reverence yeah. that's accorded to talk talk and Mark Hollis right. now, is that, you know, they started like Tears, very, you know, a very Pope-based, serious yeah. synth pop, right? And I love those first talk talk right. movies very much. I yeah. saw them. They opened up for, like, Psychedelic Furs okay. back in 83 or 84, right. right? And also on stage, very serious. Yeah. Hollis had the sunglasses on, you know, just not right. wanting to engage. And they started getting more, um, I guess the, the real interest was not becoming a big band. Mm. It was like, you're making art. Right. And so those latter-day Talk Talk records, um, was it Spirit of Eden and, um, uh, um, uh, oh, Color of Spring, okay. I think so. So something happened, like it was about 10 years ago, they yeah. were kind of a name that was being dropped really frequently. Right. They were becoming, it was kind of a cult thing, you know, they were influencing a lot of younger indie bands, like word of mouth was spreading, right. and there was a British band called These New Puritans that sounded okay. just like them. So very esteemed and yeah. stuff. Tears for Fears, to me, were, there, I think there's a parallel there, but because Tears for Fears and mm-hmm. Seeds was such a garish expression of right. pop music, um, it wasn't afforded the same credibility, or they're not. Tears yeah. for Fears aren't as, say, Talk Talk and mm-hmm. Macaulay's are. And I really feel like there's, they should be more mm-hmm. aligned, and I yeah. think the, the, like the content of Seeds, it's such an ambitious record. It really it's is. Crazy. Yeah. It's just so over the top, and melodically, and lyrically, he was, there was, <laughs> I, yeah, I don't think there's um, any filler on this record either. And I love, they yeah. also, it's it's a real throwback to old school album making because the yeah. whole second side is like a suite. It's right. this it very is, yeah. lengthy piece of music, right. orchestral yeah. and pop, right. and weird as hell. And like, you know, yeah. pop songs be damned because I don't think there's a song less than five minutes on the oh, album, no. you know? I mean, no, like, Someone Seeds of Love, it's like six minutes and yeah. like, whatever. Yeah. It's like, this is what we're playing and, you yeah. know. And that but, was the first single, it was a great first single. Yeah, absolutely. And even though, like we said, it's like, I am the walrus, but yeah. the happy chorus. Right, exactly. It's the same song. Yeah, right. But it's such a, it's, even in a, in a live setting, I yeah. just find it really powerful and right. fun. Everybody's yeah. super into it. Right. Um, it features the one bit of Tears for Fears humor that we're ever going to get. Yeah. <laughs> like bring out this, kick out the style, bring, bring back, back the jam, jam. Yeah. Which, which I have to say, like I, I right. first style counts the jam. jam but yeah. That's I'm a girl, so right. of course I would. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's still, it's that's another one of those. I would never switch it off. Should it? Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, but yeah, to me that. I feel like that mm. album is the ultimate Tears yeah. for Fears record. Right. It's hard picking tracks off of this record yeah. for me because, like, I really genuinely do like the whole thing. Right. And like I said, sowing the seeds. But you know, like, if I'm if I have to think about it, this was hard because I mm. love like I would say like the last track, "Famous Last it's Words," hard. which is you know their ap- apocalyptic love song. Mm, yeah. Um, that you know the only mm. thing being left is insects and grass. <laughs> right. And, you know, we're going to die listening to the bands that made us cry. And it's just like, it's yeah. just a perfect closer for a record. And it's, it kind of encapsulates the whole thing. After the walls 
into this epic kind right. of windy mountainside, <laughs> yeah. but really beautiful. But that's like that. I would say that yeah. you like sewing this season. Sewing, so, I, yeah, sewing is, is great. Um, the part, uh, like one of my favorite parts, is when you know, the green curtains.
Which reminds me, don't big level 42 fan. So like lessons in love, you have you know Mark King, you know, sings, does everything, and then he's a little part where Mike Linup comes in and does little lessons in love. So it reminds me of that, but it just it's a fantastic song. But I wanted to like because there are other like songs featuring Alita Adams on there, which are fantastic. Like, Woman in Chains might be their Amazing. second best song. Yeah. It almost feels like they grow up on that song. It's like they, I think they've matured, oh, yeah. you know, rather than the stuff in the past, which is not discouraging anything or, you know, disparaging, disparaging but it's like that song is like, whoa, that's, I think that's, that's them. That record, too, it's like um, one of the things that I always found so fascinating with it. It's like I call it their, their mm -hmm. girl power record because Nikki Holland, piano yeah. player, she wrote a bunch of the songs with right. Rolling, yeah. Olita singing all over it. Right. There's a real. I don't want to. Hmm. There's no way to say this without it sounding really yeah. cliche. It's like a real female energy. Right. Yeah. That Which is good. Isn't, yeah. isn't obvious, but yeah. I think "Woman in Chains" is is right. a really yeah significant piece of that 
And once again, just like the, the vocals, just the interplay of the vocals, oh, it's yeah. just so perfect. Right. And then you can yeah. like, you know, Badman Song, which is a fantastic oh. like eight minute jam session, which yeah. you'd figure like Roland would get on stage with Alita at the bar that they discovered her. And just you know, play that song for like the last hour of, of the show. It's it's, it's that, you know, and fantastic. that song too. That was one of those songs where yeah. I almost had a hard time telling whose voice was whose right. towards the end of it. Yeah. I was like, wow, that's right. that's how I knew it was just yeah. um, transcendently right. good. Yeah, uh, they uh, something. But that's just the seed of you know, Roland. Hmm. In a lot of these songs, you you'll sense this insecurity for oh, totally. somebody who's. Yeah, he you could he there's there's an arrogance there, but yeah. there's a real insecurity. So things like Bad Man Song, which right. is about hearing, literally hearing bad it's things. It's about you, like, yeah, in a room next to you. Yeah. It was just was the beginning of this kind of like I'm yeah. gonna write songs about right. these relationships, these yeah. relationships right. and it's starting to you know, the cracks are starting to shed. Yeah. Mind you, they have them they manifest themselves in these great songs. <laughs> exactly. Or, you know, we win. Right, exactly. Uh, right. And but, then like yeah. Like the making, I mean, obviously Kurt left, you know, later on, a little bit later on, but like they lose Chris Hughes, who was supposed to produce that album. Ian Stanley left. So it was like the really core of what made songs great was gone. So it was basically just these two and then obviously bringing other other people as well. But it wasn't like the same like team that made songs so successful and got them their worldwide stardom. I think it was, yeah. and you can kind of tell on that too, because there was some restraint on yeah. songs from the big chair and, and right. seeds, it was just all out there. Yeah. You know, it's like, I want an orchestra. Right. And, um, you know, it's yeah. everything's very over the top. Right. These, these records are produced. And yeah. And there's a lot of stuff from Collins was on it. Yeah. I mean, there's, it's really epically, um, an epic yeah. way of creating right. a record. So it was, I would say it was like wildly different from songs from the big show, yeah. but yeah. Right. I mean, it was, and it was looking at things on a grander scale. There really aren't what a lot of what I would call conventional love songs. Yeah. A lot of it's kind of looking at the world and being frustrated with what's going on and right. ob- observing, you know, yeah. all the dissent and discord and crazy things that were happening back then, right. you know, whether or not it was the Cold War or the hunger crisis. I mean, it was like, that's, you know, that's Tears yeah. of Fears version of, of right. an animal of love. Yeah. So, Oh, this world's so messed up, but still right. yeah. um, suitably cryptic. Right. You know, they're just one of those bounds that, where lyrically it can—it's really clear to Roland what he's saying. Yeah. But as somebody who's like who sat with Seeds of Love, like I don't know. What I don't know. Right. right. Like, many I'm times you listen to it, you you can't you um, can't decode it. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So yeah. I think maybe when Chris and Ian left, like the the doors got kicked open. Yeah. To Roland, you could explore this really grand vision. Right. Of yeah. Things. And watch as Kurt sort of fades into the background. Yeah, right. absolutely. Yeah, it's true. I mean, you know, Kurt did have a vice young at heart, sang yeah. lead, which beautiful, is a fantastic song, song as well. Yeah. So it was good to hear him get lead on that song. They toured on that album. That was the first time I saw them. Was was on that tour, Sermon Jones Beach in 1990. Michael Penn opened. I remember that visually. <laughs> Love Michael Penn. Uh, but they opened up and. The, you know, pianos are on the stage, and Alita Adams comes up, and she starts with "I Believe." Oh wow! And it was like, perfect. Whoa, you know, this is fantastic, and it's you know a great, you know, great concert. But that's really when the uh, the strain became right. you know too much to bear. Right? Were they interacting on stage a lot at that point? That I, I didn't see don't that remember. Either. No, I mean, because I think well now they really don't either. Right, on right. Tour. It's yeah. kind of like Hall and Oates. They'll just right. But I mean, they don't really just. Dis- 
you know, disparage each other, like where well, Daryl just right. shit they're, on John the whole like, time. Yeah, they're just doing a job. They, they, they do. A job. I think that's what their relationship is now. Yeah. You know, it's more just you know business and stuff like that, which is fine as long as they can get along and play. They know, kind of like all notes. They right. know put together, <laughs> they can still make some money and still sell. But right. obviously, they don't tour extensively as all notes. You know, do but. That yeah, so that was you know that was the eighties for Tears for Fears. Right, you know? right. And I, I wanna I do wanna give props to two rolling side things, one of which was yeah. um, the song of Credit Care that Man Crab song Fish for Life. Right, yeah. yes, yes. Which is which sounds yeah. um, anybody who's familiar with that song right. it's just is a one off. It was yeah. these guys were a duo called yeah. Man Crab. They didn't make an album or right. But the song is basically Tears for Fears. Yeah. Uh, light. It's it sounds like a Tears for right. Fears song. There's that. Um, there was another song um, by this other duo, this man and woman mm. called Scarlet and Black. Do you remember this? You don't know. No. Okay. Anybody okay. who's a Tears for Fears fan and and wants something that right. sounds like songs from the big chair, yeah. or wants to see how influential it was right. a year later, it's there's a song. It's called You Don't Know. Okay. You heard it. It's it sounds right. like Tears for Fears. But right. then Alita Adams' first solo record, yeah. Roland had a yeah. hand in, and right. there's some really um, Rhythm of Life is such it's a such great, great song. yeah, and everyone and was get back, back, yeah, yeah but, beautiful. But yeah, that, that was was fantastic. So he kind of returned the favor. Yeah, absolutely. I guess. Yeah. Um, so that was. I wish they'd kind of pursued that relationship a little more, or that right. she was yeah more of a presence on what was to come, right? Like a more intensive presence. Yeah, because yeah, she had her, you know, obviously her own thing, then and right. kind of those two split, and kind of we didn't know what was going to happen next, yeah. so we had to wait. A good couple of years till Elemental came out in '93, right. which I mean, obviously the music landscape changed in the '90s, kind of slipped the alternative, and that was kind of like Roland's side project was was more alternative based Tears for Fears, right, right. which um, the album's top heavy. It's I, I think so. I think it's I mean overall you... it's I mean break it down again, fantastic song. I absolutely right. love it. One of that my favorites. Singer, yeah, yeah, that came up. That that was great. So those are my dreams and these are my 
the title track also is, is really good. But then it's like kind of falls apart a little bit. Goodnight Song. I love that song. That's Goodnight a, song sounds like a Tears for Fears song. It does. It sounds like they're both yeah. there, and it, it's fantastic. That one really should have been on, like, Seeds of Love. You could, you could hear Kurt kind of yelling yeah. that out, right? Right, yeah. yeah. That, that would have oh, been, for sure. yeah. I, I but agree. the rest of it, it's kind of disappointing. Yeah, I think it's um, it's funny because 
that record, I would say I probably listen to that the least. I agree. And, me I, too. and I, I don't love it. I like yeah. the, the title track, Elemental. It's kind of nice. Yeah. It's got kind of a nice vocal yeah. attached to it. And that also features the, you know, the number one paid yeah. Kurt song, yeah, Fish Out of Water, absolutely. which yeah. is particularly neat. It is. It's vicious. Not, yeah. not veiled attacks. No. These are all specifically, you right. know who he's singing yeah. about. Um, but yeah, so you feel like he had to get it out of his system. And also a record where. Cover black and white picture, you know, it's, take yeah. me seriously. Right. And I think he did. He. I saw him around that time. I might have been at the Beacon. You know, they things were I scaled saw down. Like Let's a town hall. I saw. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Town, yeah. Things were scaled down then. Right. You know, it was a little bit of a different vibe. Yeah. At Rolling Solo. Right. Exactly. It had a backing band, and I remember when they did Woman in Chains, they had Gillian Dorsey. Right. That's and right. I remember she and she's great, but she's not Olita Adams singing right. wise. And I remember vividly that, you know, she's singing the whole part of Woman Chains, and the crowd's just like, you know, and I see Roland's like raising his up. Come on, give her some love. Give her some love. It just, you know, it was missing. Gail's the coolest, but she's almost too cool for that yeah, song. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. Agreed. But like, like I said, Break It Down Again, I think, is one of the best Tears Fear songs, you know, with or song. without, you know, with Kurt. And even yeah. the fact that they play that now, Kurt oh, plays yes. that. And it's yeah. just like, you know. I'm sure wonder, it has you know, to, but... Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, I was wondering yeah. how old some of the songs off Elemental were. Exactly. If they were just things that were sitting around. Yeah. Because some of them right. would slide really neatly into right. um, Two Sugar's catalog. Oh, yeah. But there's a lot of filler on it. Yeah. I'm making a mistake. Right. I can't even... Like, some of the songs, like... Um, uh, that's on cold. I sort of like. Yeah, it's, it's not, not great. Bad. It's not great, I mean, but it's okay. Yeah, right. I mean, there's, but there's one some of the best. I mean, the song's not great, but you know, dog's the best friend's dog. Right. Great, great title. Right. Great. You know, and then the Brian Wilson song, oh, which Brian is kind Wilson of like a tribute right, right. to. But it's like it's, it's all right. you know. Yeah, I mean, there were. I don't recollect being disappointed or being right. excited by it. Yeah. I think at that point too, I was happy that an album was out and that right. they were still performing, whether it was just right. rolling or not, and. And then I know Kurt started releasing oh, his yeah, own solo stuff. And I can't even, um, I don't remember the name of the album. It has a song called Airplane, which is sort of Yeah, nice. and then he had and Mayfield, Mayfield right? yeah. Which were, which were okay. Right, and then not... he had a uh, acoustic version of Everyone Wants to Rule the World, right. which, is, which is really good. But, I mean, Kurt needed Roland more than Roland needed Kurt. We all right. know that, you know. It's like the Hall and Oates thing. Yeah, you know, it's the, they, they, the Hall and yeah. Well, you know what Daryl always says about Hall and Oates, too? This is, it's, it might seem yeah. cruel on the surface. Right. He's like, well, I'm 90% and John is 10, but yeah. I know what John does, you know? Right, of course. And that's, but you need, but it's the, the necessary thing is like, yeah. they both need to be there. Oh, know? absolutely. I mean, there's, yeah. there's a, it works right. as a, as a, yeah. thing. I think with Roland, too, because, yeah, it, it it seemed a little more serious. I think that the people who stuck with Tears for Fears, you could, the audience yeah. did shrink. I mean, oh yeah, it's, yeah. Playing, yeah, he was playing much smaller. Than right, and, and the landscape changed yeah. and everything like that. And yeah. if it shrunk down, it really shrunk with the next album, yeah. um, Rebel and King, Kings of Spain. I love that album. That's I, I absolutely underrated love that. Record. Completely underrated. I know yes. the critics did not like it at all, and that's more of a concept album. Yes. You know, and that's really should have been just Rolling All the Balls first. Yeah. You know, solo album, but kind do of, you think if he would have called it no. Roland, it would? I mean, do you think that that would have been made things even worse sales wise for yes. a like that? Yes, I agree. As opposed to okay. yeah. Because he did a couple years later release that Tom yeah, Cat very, Screaming Outside, which I think came out on nine eleven of all yeah, days. Yeah. But uh, that album, it's it's okay. You know, it's yeah. it's you know, it's 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 noodling. It's a lot of experiments. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Um, it's something I don't. Once again, look not for. to not to be dwelling upon this, yeah. but you know, as Mark Hollis kind right. of 
from Talk Talk gets yeah. exalted. It's like, well, Roland's doing this weird stuff too, yeah. completely independently without right. a thought to make right. you know, a record sound. Yeah. So there's, I just think they're equally valid. Yeah. With the poem. Right. Yeah. And that album is really like, it, each song blends into the next one. It's, you know, more of a yeah. you know, concept. But uh, the title track is great for Roland yeah. in Spain because. It's a, it's a it really good opener. His, yeah. I, you, once again, it's always nice to. I always say Roland is. He's got the best whining singing voice. Yeah. He whines, but he whines so beautifully. Right. There's really. Yeah. I just think he's a very underrated vocalist. He, he really is. Generally. Yeah, and songwriter um, too. And yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, the, the title track is great. Uh, he's embracing his Spanish roots because yeah. he's originally parents wanted to call him Roland. Right. I mean, I, Raul. Raul. I think that's what he named his son eventually. But.
I saw them, what was it, about three years ago? They played at Porchester at the Capitol Theater. Oh, wow. And it was the first time I've ever seen them play one of the songs on there. They played Falling Down. Are you kidding? Yeah, and it was like, whoa, this is awesome. And you know, also seeing Kurt there playing one of these that songs. That when everybody was going to the bathroom, and they like, you know. <laughs> it was like probably that's, a bridge between two others. Yeah, they would play that. I didn't see that tour. Yeah. Because um, I, like you, I mean, I think my my two favorite songs on there are "Secrets" and "Me and My Big Ideas." I love those big ballads, yeah. and I think those are two of the finest things that he ever did. Right. I love them. Yeah. Love the the vocal performance. Right. Just really powerful. Yeah. You know, and, he, and Roland has this thing and on a lot of songs, like, you can start very staid and ordinary, yeah, but he will sail so, yeah, towards the latter so half, Celine yeah. Dion style. Right. Like you get to the bridge and it's like, I'll see you guys later. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's, it right. really, really shines. Yeah. Those two, I think a lot of the, yeah. even sketches of him, like, Which a lot of his yeah. kind of slower songs are right. really amazing. Yeah. Underrated. Right. And I'm really glad you mentioned uh, yeah. me and my big ideas because that brings back Olivia oh. Adams and just like, oh, so, yeah. that song is like, pure gold.
And it's funny, they have like a habit of like ending albums with fantastic songs. You know, they each album they've, they've really done done that. This with. is why they were they come from that era of making albums. I think yeah. there was a lot of thought um, right thought put to that. Yeah. You know that this is how we're going to close it out. Oh, for yeah. sure, for sure. Like, right. You don't. That's why to me, even when we were talking about Secret yeah. of Love, to me, it's something that needs to be listened to in order. Right. Like, in the whole sequence yeah. that, it, yeah. that it was. Meant to be right. Turning. Yeah, I think all their albums really do. Yeah, you know, like songs as well. Yeah, you even know? songs. I yeah, actually right. totally agree with that. Yeah, because I always think of like there was probably a lot of mm. thought put to where I believe is going to be right. and, yeah. and stuff like that. Right. And just as an aside, this is I didn't know who Robert Wyatt was. Okay, I didn't either. And then all the interviews, Roland was saying, "Oh, yeah. I wrote I believe for Robert Wyatt," and as a teenager, you're like, "Who's Ooh, Robert Wyatt?" Yeah. And that opened this other door. I was right. like, oh, and I kind of discovered him. I wasn't quite ready at that point. I <laughs> yeah. bought a couple of records and I right. loved him, you know? Yeah. But it was solely because of Roland mm. yeah. recommending and right. opening that door. So, they yeah. were, so there's that too. Right, absolutely. For that. Yeah. Now, yeah. of course, with Roland's like lyrics, you know, hard to decode. Like, me and my big ideas, <laughs> I'm trying to figure out is it meant yeah. about a relationship that he, like an extramarital relationship that he right. had, or is it about Kurt? Yeah, I couldn't. I can't figure out which what that's about. You know, as many times I've to it, I don't know. I yeah, because he's talking about like I wish we both been more discreet. Yeah, I don't know I, either. I don't know. I think once again, yeah. it's like you just project whatever you want into yeah. it, right? And that that's typically typically a Roland. I yeah. I hope that he wouldn't be offended that there's mm. probably people misinterpreting even the whole second verse of yeah. Head Over Heels. It's like. Uh, wishing I uh, wishing I was a doctor. What you know? What yeah. I'm talking about is he talking about some familial thing? Right. But to me, it's just a bunch of words in a sentence. By yeah. the time we get to that verse, I'm right. just listening to the whole, the whole, whole thing. sound of it. Yeah. But yeah, me and my big idea, I I've never known either. I don't know. Yeah. Um, referred to right, but it's yeah, but no, it's it's a fantastic song, and then that's it. Yeah. You know, for quite some time, you know, Roland released that uh, solo album. Yeah. Which Kurt. I would imagine only the yeah. most hardcore fans right. like, were, were getting. Yeah. And even I, at that stage, as a fan, and you could tell me if it was the same for you, I had only a passing interest in it because I yeah. just felt like I, I knew, I sensed it might be a different kind of record. Right. I don't even think it was on Sony, right? It was like a. Or, I, or I don't remember or, what, what, uh, how. Yeah. But yeah, it was just kind of like okay. Yeah, it's like something I, I like. Like I gotta get, but it's just like I wasn't like super excited. Right. You know, it's like okay, right. I gotta hear what, what he what he has. Did you? I mean, did you enjoy the the B side record, the Saturnine? I, mean, I I did. Yeah. I, I did. I mean, it's not something I like actively you know played, but I was like, okay, this is you know, it's it's more more content. Right. Right. You know, right. some some you know cool <laughs> songs you know which you know enjoyed, but they each went their separate ways for. Man, was that nine years, right? Right, right. At, at that point, and then um, 
business got involved, obviously, and then they got back together, and they wanted to start working together, and then we get everyone with a happy ending, which right. is apropos, and uh, which is a fantastic album. It's it was surprisingly good. Yeah, it was surprisingly yeah. good. My my anecdote about this right. is I was working at the, with the Virgin at that that yeah. point. We went to a BMG um, would do these once a year things where they would kind of they would have all their accounts mm. in the audience okay. and they would like kind of haul out all the right. acts and, and they would come out and play. So yeah, you know, I was, I was like Sarah McLaughlin. I remember these poor people having to come out right. and play with all the heads. <laughs> yeah. and, um, and L.A. Reid whatever anybody thinks of him at right. this point. Yeah. He made this big announcement. It's like, yes, we've signed Tears for Fears. Yeah. I didn't know at that point. Okay. And he played um, Close to Sing Heaven. Heaven. Yeah. And, of course, I was like, mm. I was like, oh, my God, this is so yeah. good. <laughs> right. And he's like, you know what? That was so good. We're going to play it again. And, you know, yeah. just and this is yeah. just over the sound system. Okay. So everybody's just kind of sitting there yeah. having to listen to the again. song twice. Right. But to me, it... it it was a good omen for what I suspected the record was going to sound like, yeah. which was very seeds of love. Yeah, yeah, it, it really was. I could sense that. Yeah. And yeah, one of my favorite all-time yeah. Tears of Fear songs is on that record, which is Super World. i 
great songs. Which yeah, they're, they're still they were doing live. Yeah, as far as they play. Yeah, also usually that's like second song. on the set list. Yeah, yeah. it's that that's a happy church yeah. song, um, which you don't. They'll throw in a couple on every album, right. but it's still it's just a gorgeous pop song, very over the top. Yeah, big hook and easy to sing along right. to. Right. And yeah, so I yeah, right, because that album was supposed to come out sooner, but the, the whole right. you know I forgot which label they were originally going to be on. I think it went bankrupt and you know, right, read. Right. So it was you know long. And I remember it because a few of the songs were actually like released on the internet before it got oh, out. Right, right, so right. I you know I may or may not have downloaded them you know legally, but you know no trace of that. But <laughs> but yeah, just listen to that. It was you know like. The title track and the closest thing to heaven you mentioned and it has Brittany Murphy in the video. That's right. And the yeah. Balloon, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's which, right. Yeah. That. I know. Yeah. And Call Me Mellow, which is oh, a yeah. great song. That's like, that song is like. It's a Killing with Kindness on there. Yeah. And this, it's, it's actually, it's a pretty good record. Yeah. It's um, unfortunately, it's not on like any of the streaming sites. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's such a shame. Yeah. So is, there, is there a collection? I don't know about iTunes. Anymore? I know it's not on Spotify. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, which is unfortunate. Why. So. Um, yeah, I would say to anybody, yeah, just to kind of, if there's a way to find it on YouTube, that, that album's deep. If you're going to, yeah. you know, as far as like the latter era tiers, like I would say this over yeah. Elemental, easy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. So it's, it's kind of, I was hoping mm. that they'd stick to mm. it after right. that a little bit and kind of yeah. keep going. Um, and I know that uh, they put out sort of a record, Records for a Day, kind of a... Yeah, eh, I Love some, You But I'm some, Lost. Yeah, just yeah. Not, not nothing really good. No, and then they did a cover of Ready to Start by oh, like, yeah. uh, RK yeah. Fiber, which is like... I wasn't crazy about that. Yeah, to was, me, that was, was a little too far down the line. Right. Um, especially as, you know, Bowie had been <laughs> all over RK Fiber yeah. 20 years ago, right. 15 years ago. Um, and... But no, I guess along the way they did that cover of Creep, was it? Was it yeah, which they, they play, but they do. They were they're still doing that line. They, they do that, yeah. and then they were kind of like replacing that with Billy Jean. Oh gosh. Which is a fa- they fantastic. They, they played that at the Porchester show. It's fantastic. Yeah, See, check I, check I, it I, out. I think it's I on YouTube. Heard that, but yeah, yeah. but they, yeah, they play more Creep, and then I think I'm not sure which um, deluxe set has the version of Creep on it. I'm, maybe the new one of uh, Songs of the Picture. Oh yeah, yeah. That just recently or about to come out, but um, yeah, they have a creep on 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 there, or it's well, I can't remember, but it's definitely yeah. on one of the one of the sites. But the, now it's been the longest gap. Yeah, since yeah. it's been. My impression is that they're just not. I mean, I don't know. There's always like, talk. It's, it's like, all oh, they're working on an album, working on an album. But once nothing. again, to, not to keep you know bringing up all notes, but yeah. it's the same thing because they're now all of a sudden they're talking about, uh, oh, hey, let's do something. Yeah, right. Um, which but, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing at this stage. I mean, to me, you have to be like super motivated. Yeah. Obviously, like the last Daryl Hall record was pretty good. Right. You know, John Lutz. Yeah, not yeah, certainly. But but I'm I'm interested yeah. in I think you know, Roland still has it in him to write a big melodic right. crazy song. Yeah. And I, I think and still can sing. Right. Yeah. And I know he had yeah. some like, you know, family familial, problems. Yeah. You know, going and familial on. tragedy, yeah. Yeah. And he lost his wife and yeah, it was it, it, it's kind of you you forget how, how long yeah. everybody's been around for. Right. Um and if you like seen him recently, it's like now he's got grayness, a lot of gray in his hair, and it's just like, Oh my god, he's He's yeah. up there now. It's just like you know, we've been, you know, with the, these two guys for so long now. And it's like you, you look at them at the cover of, you know, Song of the Big Chair, which is probably one of the most iconic covers. You know, it's right. so simple, kind of, but it's one of the most like, yeah, right. 
kind of young and chubby yeah. and, and right, exactly. It is really crazy um, to see, yeah, kind of down the line, like people aging, especially like yeah. people from that generation. Right, it's it's kind of shocking. Even now, yeah. it's so funny. Like even though Pink Floyd was slightly different, huh. yeah. you're seeing Dave Gilmore now. Right, he just looks like a yeah. completely different, different person. Right, um, but yeah, it's I I just wish you know they were. I mean, people people do like Tears for Fears, obviously, mm. and it's still popular. But I wish they were regarded with the same sort of critical esteem as a lot Agreed. of their peers. You know, yeah. we talk about things like like New Order and yeah. all that stuff. And right. A lot of these bands from the '80s and the Smiths. But to me, Tears for Fears are just a jello. Right. And yeah, people Better think songs. yeah, it's like <laughs> they're just a one album. That's what really people think about right. them. It's like they have those songs, those top three. You know, maybe sprinkle in a little bit of Mad World now because of the, the cover, but th- that's it. And right, you know, right. people don't realize how good Seeds is. Right, and I think too that the problem with that yeah. record as well is like people tend to when things get a little too pop and over yeah. the top, they tend to pull away. I think right. in the same way that Sgt. Pepper was once regarded as the greatest album of all time, right. the greatest Beatle record. Yeah. But you know, we get a little distance, and over yeah. the past twenty years, what's happened? It's like, no, it's Revolver. Oh, right. No, it's White Album. Yeah. And Abbey Road, and then you see Sergeant Pepper kind of slipping well, down now, the chart. Yeah. Like, people wouldn't even rank it in the top five anymore. I know. Anymore. Right. And I think seeds, you know, people that kind of garish over the top thing. You have to. It's like when you walk into a Broadway musical, you yeah. have to leave your cynicism at the door. Right. You know what I mean? And commit to whatever <laughs> it's kind of giving yeah. you and not be so judgmental. Right. That's why, I, you know, I, I'll always kind of um, stand down for this record mm. and kind of say, hey, this yeah. is the one. Right. You know, if you're willing to invest in it. Yeah. And, but, you know, yeah, the first, Songs of the Big Chair and C's are pretty, like, they're pretty untouchable. Like, yeah. As pop records go. Right. And, I think when you throw them up against a lot of the stuff that was huge in the 80s, and I, like everyone mm. else, I loved Spandau Ballet yeah. and Culture Club, but I'll tell you, like now, you know, throwing like a mm. whole album on the turntable, right. and it's tough. It's, yeah. It's just, they don't it's, hold up. They don't up. hold up, right. Or, or Thompson Twins or yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thompson don't right. hold up. It's, yeah, it's yeah. Tears and everyone yeah. else down there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I hope this was fantastic. Um, everyone check out PickingUpRocks.com. Check out the, the feature that she wrote about uh, Seeds of Love. And you have a whole notes one coming up soon. Yeah, right? yeah. So by the time this is this is yeah. published, everyone can read my my yeah. really sick. Uh, I mean, <laughs> sick, not like oh awesome. Yeah. <laughs> sick, like it's going right. to sound like a deranged person wrote it about whole yeah. notes. It's got my personal conspiracy theory <laughs> in it, and my um, my art school anecdote about all notes, which is really sort of funny. Right. But yeah, I hope everybody who's who's a fan of that will and then will will get into it and enjoy it. And yeah, Seeds of Love, anybody, uh, yeah, it's under um, uh, a part called That's Their Pet Sounds, which right. is where I kind of pull out that I think is the best record. And I think most Tears fans yeah. will, will yeah. get, once well, again, get behind this particular record. Agreed. Yeah, it's kind of like the cult. Yeah, <laughs> right. And then if people don't know about Close, or Everyone Loves Happy Ending, go check that out. Yes. That's also great. And, you know... Raul and you know even Elemental, there's some you know great Very songs there. Records. Yeah, just you know yeah. check them out and just you know appreciate the band because they're more than just the three or four songs that they're really yeah. known for. Yeah, put you don't even have to think about shout anymore. Just, yeah, there's so much stuff that's amazing. Absolutely, thanks. Oh, thank you.
And a special thanks to Hope for joining me today. Um, we talked about how the band was not involved in Live Aid, and I actually found out why. We recorded this episode last week, and I think a day later, Kurt Smith was on Sirius XM being interviewed by Mark Goodman, and he brought that up. And apparently, Kurt and Roland were vacationing in Hawaii. They were touring, you know, obviously promoting songs to the big chair. And they only had five days off in like 18 months, so they went to enjoy the time, obviously p- pissing off Bob Geldof. So to make good, they recorded um, a different version of Everyone Wants to Rule the World for Sport Aid. And so that's the story about that. Bigger news, apparently, is we're getting a new single in April called The Tipping Point. So we look forward to that. Unfortunately, the band won't be touring this year, but hopefully we'll get some more music besides that single um, this year. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at the first Noel 19 Be sure to like the page on my YouTube and Facebook. Go to iTunes. Check out all the past episodes we've had. While you're there, please rate and review the show. If you're not on iTunes, not a problem. It's on SoundCloud. It's also on Podbean. You can go to livingmyyouth.threadless.com for all your merchandise, t-shirts, hoodies, phone cases. It's all there. New episode comes out every Wednesday and maybe Thursday. And we'll see you next week.